Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Make Mine Mayday, the show all about Spider-Girl and her world. Today we take a strange turn in our look back, but it's a lot of Tom and Ron, so therefore it will be infinitely better than our previous episodes. Sorry, Dan. Anyway, first I want to tell everybody about our other great shows here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network. We have our two Spidey Dude Vault series shows, Clone Saga Chronicles, hosted by me, the show all about the 90s Clone Saga and the Clone Saga-related characters that started all here on the network, Spectacular Radio, hosted by Greg Bashansky, the show all about the 2008-2009 animated series on the Spectacular Spider-Man, that ran on Disney XD and Kids WB, with frequent guests being the executive producer of the program, Greg Wiseman, that covered every episode of the series, Amazing Spider-Man Classics, Season one was three guys talking about Spidey from the beginning, with season two being a father and son duo, Jack and Hobby Trujillo, doing it themselves. I'm trying to say it correctly, their hobby. <laughs> the uh, Spectacular Spidey Sabi Sema era podcast is hosted by Chris Dedman. Talked about the era of Spectacular Spider-Man drawn by our pal Sal. Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast hosted by Greg and Jennifer L. Anderson. Cover the Gargoyles animated series with Greg Wiseman on there. The uh, latest episode just came out, uh, so if you have not checked it out, check it out. The video versions on our Patreon page, and the audio is available on your, all your favorite podcasting catchers. Speaking of our Patreon, we have Books of X. It's a Patreon first show hosted by Neil Bogenreiter. Talks about the Cohen era of X Men from the beginning, and finally our sister program here on the YouTube channel, Spidey Dude Experience, hosted by me, where we talk about Spidey's modern day stories with our newest project being part of the series, The Slot Symposium. The pilot episode is out now. It'll be the second episode each month, uh, other than our usual fare. And of course, we got to thank our patrons here at the top. Uh, Patreon.com slash Spidey Dude Network. Patrons such as Adam, Allison, Cindy, Ed, Georgia, Greg, Janelle, Jessica, Jurgen, Catherine, Kale, Kegar, Laura Howard, Lump Moose, Master Dramon, Phoenician, Scott, Vanessa, and Vicky. Thank you guys for your support and our VIPs. Uh, Scott. <laughs> Scott, Sebastian, Vinkman, and Winnipeg Webhead. Thank you very much for all your support here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network and the Patreon page. So, without further ado, it's an episode of Make Mine Mayday, so therefore we have to have Kelly! Hi! And there's a tiny Neil. And a little tiny Neil. <laughs> we have exec and the producer uh, extraordinaire Neil Bogenreiter also joins uh, us. With yes, the help, the help little, behind little the man, scenes. Little man with a lot of power. I, I, I'm also reading what you read. That's topical. You done, you done the pokey. You done the pokey rap in the intro. You're doing the, all the Patreon names. <laughs> Adam Spencer, Jessica, Janelle, Catherine, Keegan, K. Kill, Lump, Catch him, catch him, gotta catch them all. Spidey, dude. God, oh my. So great, Neil. You will you will do that for us. Um, for all of the intros now. I appreciate it. <laughs> He'll do all, I'll just turn it over to Neil. It'll be like, all right, Neil, do the pokey rap. <laughs> I got to be the best. Oh, Y'all took away my powers. So can no, someone like remove no, him so we can the way, start They're going to return next month, I promise. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> Hello, everybody. Well, uh, so Kelly, uh <laughs> want to tell everybody what we're covering today yeah we're covering the b story out of uh 2015's spider island um it's a b story that's basically 30 pages long out of all five issues um but it's only in the last half of each issue 
and yeah, we're just going to go over it. It's just that we're just going over 30 pages, which is really short for us, uh, but yes. it's a good time and we get to kind of do a deep dive. So there we go. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to have some fun with it tonight. Uh, we already got people in the comments. Hello, everybody in the comments section down below. Obviously, if you're listening to the audio edition, which all of our audio editions are updated as of this live stream. So uh, hopefully you're all caught up. And if uh, you're joining us live, hello. If you are, <laughs> give Kelly back her powers. Yes, we will give her yes. back her powers. Um, so also, um, <clears throat> got new episodes of all of our shows. <clears throat> Excuse me. I meant to hit, hit the cough button. Uh, but yeah, so, um, a little bit of housekeeping. I, I just want to mention here off the top. If you, they just solicited officially the secret wars being done by Tom and Pat, a mini series, it's going to be five issues long. So put that on your pull list. The solicitations are officially out. So that means it's probably going to be in previews, the next previews. So if you go to your comic book shop, find it at previews, be sure to order it. That way you reserve your copy because chances are they may not carry it because there's so many miniseries. They only carry, you know, so much. So uh, just to ensure that you get your copy, you can also go on uh, Amazon if you want to do it digitally and reserve your copy there as well. So I believe it's already solicited. Let me go check it real quick for you. Yes, it it, it is solicited. I, I checked it earlier today. So yeah, so yeah, definitely do that. Do both, actually. Yeah, yeah. Both. Support yeah. Tom and Tom and Pat. That way, they get more Marvel work because that's how it, that's how this goes. You know, if they sell well, they'll. We would they'll, hope they'll so. We would hope so. It's Marvel. I don't trust any I, higher up. And I, and I think it's interesting because. We're talking about a Secret Wars revival, right as we're having a Secret Wars revival talked about in the main part of the show. Yeah, because it is. That's the framing device of Spider Island. So. Yeah, I was going to get to that in the Spider History, Neil, but you, you stepped all over it. Yeah, uh, hey, Neil, I, I love you, but you can go to the back now. Okay, <laughs> Let's get Kelly back. Okay, there we go. It's now very right. large. Okay, sorry. <laughs> he got banished. He got set in the corner. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying Neil. to be nice about it. No. Oh, okay. Anyway, so um, you, can, you can come back after the episode. <laughs> all right. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway. Oh, okay. Speaking of all of that, um, obviously we don't have too much more housekeeping or news it's kind right. of been a little light so let's just dive on in to spider history with that segue yeah um let me pull yeah so spider history buckle up folks we got some stuff to discuss here in the history portion of the show so to set this up as neil kind of alluded to this mini series is the outgrowth of a line line-wide crossover event you might have heard of before secret wars Technically, it's Secret Wars 3, or as I like to call it, Secret Wars, the template for the MCU's phases 4 through 6. Sort of. Anyway, jokes aside, <laughs> every title that Marvel was publishing during the summer of 2015 was put on hiatus, and various miniseries were published in place of your usual titles. Jonathan Hickman was wrapping up his run on Future Foundation, which I'll try to explain a little bit more in a second, and Fantastic Four, and this was the culmination of all of his work at Marvel since he had started. So what importance does that have to do with this story? None, but is the context is something that we strive here for, for here on Make My Mayday, and by God, you're going to get it. So examples of these miniseries include the first mini of 
Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, where people were given a sliver of hope before it was shattered that the girl in the story was not in fact Mayday, but rather Annie. This is important because she will become a part of Mayday's story later on in the uh, discussions during the show. Uh, not this episode, but in future episodes. Uh, another big example was the killing off of the Ultimate Universe, where Miles would be integrated into the 616 before it was all said and done, thanks to a six-week-old cheeseburger. Also, Miles' mom, who'd been killed off during the Venom storyline, was brought back in this new 616. Explanations were supposed to be made, but never were, so it's technically an ongoing plot point. Anyway, there's it's it's a whole timey-wimey, headache-inducing multiversal stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway... Spider Island was a popular story that occurred, occurred in 2011 during Slot's big time run, and this was a way to bring back the concept of the story to life. Originally, there was hope for a MC2 series that would be taking place, but alas, all we got was this backup to this miniseries. So from a marketing standpoint, it makes some sense, but honestly, to me and to I remember people at the time talking about it, it was kind of baffling. It has not, One has nothing to do with the other, and it felt like they just threw it in just to do so. So uh, the, this is the main story of Flash Thompson that would happen if we had Spider Island again. Like I say, the minis are all like a patchwork of worlds held together by Dr. Doom as leader of the Future Foundation. What is the Future Foundation, you might ask? It's what happened when you give Jonathan Hickman a lot of leeway to do whatever the heck he wants. So see X-Men for another example, or just join Patreon and listen to me and Neil talk about it on Books of X. Okay, okay, shameless plug out of the way. In reality, Future Foundation in this basic form is an expansion of the Fantastic Four family and represents the time that Peter was a full-time member of the FF while Johnny was presumed dead. So, anyway, most of the timelines uh, or event comics got this treatment, and this was no different. I a call this was sort of pitched as like a one-shot, uh, but I do have some audio that I'll play here in a little bit, uh, and then it turned out to be this miniseries. That kind of was my recall, but... Uh, I went back and listened um, and well, you'll hear that audio here later. So uh, jokes aside, there are a lot of themes that were put out here. Uh, there's an interview that I do encourage everybody to go find um, that we have on Spotify. It has Tom and Ron on it. Um, but biggest takeaway is this was intended to be a bridge to her next chapter web warriors, which we will talk about obviously in next episode. So um for the same reasons that we reviewed, we established in the previous episode, we're not reviewing the Fever Dream Spider Island acid trip that is the main series. Somewhere our friend Tyler, noted Flash Venom fan, is sad. And as Kelly's about to explain, we're going to do this a wee bit differ differently than usual. Kelly? Yeah. So, because I now have to get all the way to my parts of the parts of the notes. But yeah, so um, as I said last episode, I wanted to break this B story Um like the way it feels, the way it should be read, mm -hmm. which is one whole issue. It actually totals 30 pages. So it's a little bit longer than one issue, but not, you know, it's tops. You could say two issues, uh, but it's just easier if I go ahead and break it all down. And then Zach and I will go over our thoughts and feelings as a whole. So without further ado, let's get the info out of the way. Um, this Spider Island mini is featured in issues uh, Spider Island 1 through 5 from 2015. Uh, so Spider Island 1 is July 8th, 2015, uh, and the solicits came out September 2015. Spider Island 2 is August 5th slash October. Spider Island 3 is September 2nd slash November. Spider Island 4 is September 16th slash November. And then um, Spider Island 5 is October 7th 
2015 slash December. Um, the titles uh, for each issue are as following, which I do try to give you, but as you kind of go into the start snowballing into the story, it's harder to kind of include them. Mm. <clears throat> but the the Spider Girl like titles of her her part of the issue is Shattered in issue one, Avengers at the Gate in issue two, The Enemy Within in issue three, uh, I Am the Avengers issue four, and The Long Row issue five. Um, the first part is 10 pages, second part's four, third part's five, fourth part is five, and then the last uh, part is six pages, which like I said, totals basically 30 pages. Um, and we'll go ahead and start the breakdown. So yeah. we start Shattered uh, with a new title, so to speak. Mayday Parker, Spider-Woman. And Mayday is in her new suit, beating up goons who are mugging a family and thinking about her new name. And she's thinking about her new name switch and how no one seems to pay attention, though as a father is protecting his daughter from the onslaught of the fight and was trying to calm his daughter down he was telling her that spider girl was there <clears throat> sorry um may webs up the goons into a ball for the police and takes off watching the father console his daughter and may claiming almost trying to convince herself that she made this name switch because it was time to grow up her father is gone. He was butchered, murdered by Deimos, and she should have murdered that monster when she had a chance. She breaks down on top of a building, the grief and trauma of the Spider-Verse still taking its toll on the 16-year-old girl. May thinks back in the last few days slash weeks, uh, I believe that this at the end we find out this has actually been a few months, Yes. <clears throat> from this aftermath, she, suppo she supposes she needs to focus on the positive. She has a great boyfriend, a loving family, but no matter what is going on or who she's with, May is overwhelmed in her grief and her trauma. She starts to confide all of this, including her still dealing with her anger and grief and not killing Deimos with Stinger, even finally giving her name to Stinger, which Cassie uh, starts referring to her as May over Spider-Woman and tells um, May to call her Cassie. So Cassie tries her best to talk May through this. I mean, May had just, has just gone through an incredible amount of turmoil and loss. While Cassie can't understand, she does sympathize and gives May a shoulder to lean on. Sadly, this can't just be a simple moment, as while May and Cassie have their conversation on the rooftops, Big Man, a.k.a. Hank Pym Jr., has come to the Avenger Mansion to talk to Scott Lang, Cassie's dad, about a plot the Red Queen has to put Stinger, uh, that puts Stinger in immediate danger. We cut back to Cassie and May, and it looks like the Dream Team, consisting of Blue Streak, Crimson Curse, Freebooter, and of course American Dream, is wanting to start a fight with May and Cassie, but there's no need for them to fight, right? Like, what's going on here? Uh, we cut to the spider shop where Uncle Bunker, Uncle Ben Bunker, uh, is visiting the spider shop and sees what MJ. <laughs> has, sees what MJ has done with the spider IP to help May. Bunker Ben asks if MJ thinks May will let him help with her responsibility to protect the neighborhood, which like I get that he wants to help, but also as he says himself, May isn't the only costumed hero around. We don't need another one, sir. Go back to your bunker, please. Um, but we cut 
to the fight on the rooftop, and American Dream is accusing May of being an imposter and the real murderer of Spider-Man. Which, while of course preposterous, May is in no mood to talk this out and works on taking down Freebooter, Blue Streak, and Dream in one go. Crimson tries to use an enchantment on Cassie, and while it looks like Cassie is fighting, a sudden zap, a zap, which is not normal for curse, and now Cassie's on their side and wants to kill May. Uh Uh-oh. In Avengers at the Gate, May is trying to run away from these clearly hypnotized former Avengers. I mean, how can someone not recognize Spider-Girl to some degree? Sure, she's wearing her father's old suit, demanding to be called a name she originally never wanted to be called, and is definitely not the person she was when we last saw her at the end. But it's still May, guys. Come on, what's, what's going on? Talking to her friends is going nowhere, so May tries to think. She can't get captured by these guys, you know, when they're like this, especially not when she's so close to the Avengers compound, and she might be able to find a mansion full of reinforcements there. At the compound, Scott is dead set on going out and finding his daughter. Danger be damned. Trusting the source, you know, like, who cares if it's a source? His daughter's in danger. He's going out there. Um, As J2, I accidentally wrote JR, uh, but J2, (laughs) J2, Angry Eagle, Miss Power, Saberclaw, and the newer guy that I totally blanked on. Zach, can you give me a hand there? Yeah, I forgot his name, unfortunately. Um, But because he's newer, we only saw him once in the little uh, new Avengers miniseries, and then never again. But anyway, they're all there trying to tell Scott to maybe not trust this big man character. But a proximity alert goes off and Katie, Miss Power, leads the Avengers call. There are superhuman entities barging towards the front, are barreling towards the front gate and should be considered hostile. Huh. Spider-Girl swings in to the front gate, but I literally wouldn't call it barreling. But she knows she can't set off the defense grid, so she debates on calling Jarvis. But May's spider sense starts going off, and of course, standing right there is Enthralla. This is obviously her handiwork. And she's literally writing, you know, waiting outside the gate, waiting for a spider, uh, Spidey. I don't want to call her woman either. Me and Cassie are on the same team. Uh, anyway. Enthralla has Blue Streak hold on to May while Enthralla goes deep within May's mind and finds all sorts of darkness within. Guilt, self-ramification, unresolved anger. And as May is starting to succumb to Enthralla's mind control, the Avengers finally make it out of their mansion to find that only J2 can see Enthralla. Mm. And as half the Avengers are under her control and the other half are very confused, May snaps back up and seemingly sees Deimos and is going to kill him. Yet, it's all due to Enthralla hitting May against J2. Oh boy. In issue three, AKA the enemy within, May is wailing on Deimos. She's going after him, especially as he's threatening her family. But in reality, she's beating on J2 and poor Zane is just trying to get her to snap out of it because he knows Enthralla's messed with her head. As Avengers, as the Avengers fight the Avengers, Scott and Jarvis try to shut down the defense systems so it doesn't shred anyone who tries to force their way in. At least it, Jarvis was helping and 
until he also managed to get controlled by Andrala, and he starts beating up on Scott, literally shattering a, like, tablet on him. Um, May is... Oh, my God. Where did I go? All right. Uh, so... <laughs> got distracted. All right, so... My bad. Um, it's fine. Uh, starts beating up on Scott. May is basically just trauma dumping as she hits on J2, telling him how her mother walks around like a ghost in her father's old t-shirts, how her brother will now never know their father. And while J2 does sympathize as he also grew up without a father, he's not Deimos and is kind of confused. Um, too bad all May hears is how Deimos is taking her whole family to the grave and it makes her pound on J2 even harder. At Cafe Indigo, Bunker Ben has called a meeting with Normie Osborne and Phil Urch, starting off by saying he thinks May overdoes the responsibility thing, which says the man that was the last living man on his earth, um, S-T-F-U-S-M-H, because I'm trying my best not to use curse words. This is a family-friendly show. It is. But I want to call the man out anyway he he assumes normie and phil would just agree with this statement i mean according to mj these men are may's closest confidants normie downplays his role with may a bit which phil does point out and i mean normie literally helped rebuild the house like it's a lot (laughs) um even bunker is aware like i said because normie rebuilt uh mj's house which he says our house and i have uh, a rant here I called him a pompous something Um, because I'm like, you've lived in this universe for what? Like two weeks. Obviously it's more than that. So like, I'm going to just give him two months. You've lived here two months. Um, Like this isn't his world. Like I, it's not his house. Anyway, Ben, I'm so mad at him. Anyway, Ben switches the conversation back to May and explains that he feels like he's, uh, that she's in overdrive and she's at risk of burning out how would he know um he wants their help in convincing her to ease back a little bit and share her burdens which to that normie and phil just kind of look at each other bunker ben really doesn't know may or how may tends to deal does he and uh just fair warning my weird resentment towards bunker ben only gets worse from here i can't help it he just he came in like a wrecking ball and does not fit in the 982 at all in my opinion i liked him better when he was living in the bunker in this weird way he was like this replacement for peter and he's not that and this feels very much like him trying to be that and him helping and i totally get that like i understand it more in web warriors but the urge to scream at him you're not my real dad is really high right now uh and it's kind of funny to think about but like i just i don't I have problems with him, okay? Anyway, meanwhile, May is still really not letting up on J2. J2 is getting really tired of this. How can he be the one who can only see Enthralla? And May realizes her spider sense is on fire, but it's not coming from the direction of Deimos. It almost feels like she's the threat. How is that even possible? Something hurts Spider-Girl, basically her head, her Spider-Verse, or spider Spider sense, I'm traumatized by the Spider-Verse, but her spider sense kind of goes into overdrive and causes her to collapse. Uh, J2 is immediately very confused and concerned, but someone starts clapping and wishing him well done. 
he turns around and finds that it's Hope, a.k.a. the Red Queen, and she's congratulating him on being the last standing Avenger. Hope tells him that he needs to depower and lose that helmet of his, otherwise she'll kill his friends. And since J2 realizes that he's been backed into a corner, he does so, and this is how Enthralla takes over his head. Hope drops her helmet and laughs with her victory. The Avengers are now all hers. Hope goes on her victory spill about thanks to Enthralla's brainwashing powers, she is the Avengers. May is on the floor, head still spinning after her spider spider sense nearly fried her brain. She chooses to play possum a little bit longer while Hope's evil villain speech keeps going, just enough to pull out what I believe is her web shooter phone, but obviously it looks a lot different than we last saw it, and texts someone she thinks might just be crazy enough to take on the Avengers. <laughs> Normie's phone rings at Cafe Indigo, and Bunker Ben, enjoying his latte a little too much for my liking, uh, asks Normie if the text is urgent. Normie tells Phil and Bunker Ben that May is asking for reinforcements at the Avengers compound. Phil asks if she's helping the Avengers in size when Normie tells him that that's not the case here. <laughs> he'll, go alert, he'll go alert the others. This seems to wake up Bunker Ben a bit. You mean May actually does ask for help and doesn't just take things on herself and maybe the whole issue with Bunker Ben has only been, he's been on this earth for like two months, which has literally been the two worst months of May's life. And she's only known him for those two months. And I'm getting lost on my rant here. But anyway, Ben is shocked that May does actually ask for help when she needs it and does have friends who comes to her aid when she asks. I'm not sure who says it, if it's Phil or Normie, because this could be said by both. But they tell Ben that she does ask for help all the time. And if he wants May to share her responsibilities with him, this is her sharing. At the Avengers compound, Hope is about to execute Scott Lang for taking over Hank's Ant-Man identity, as we already knew from her previous appearances that Hope blames the Avengers for her parents' death and has basically been consumed by anger, resentment, and revenge because of this. And now she's finally getting her wish to give the Avengers the payback she thinks they deserve. First, starting with Saberclaw executing Scott Lang, or so we think. May can't play zombie with the threat of Cassie possibly losing her dad, so she goes in swinging and takes down Saberclaw and saves Scott. Hope and Enthrall are confused. How did Spider-Girl or Spider-Woman snap out of the brainwashing? Doesn't matter as Hope wants her dead and assembles the Avengers to go after her. As May fights through the chaos, she realizes maybe she's overdoing it, and she hasn't really spent much time with her friends and family, and especially with Wes. She thinks to what Scott was trying to tell Hope about her dad and how she needs to be honoring and celebrating how she lived his life, not overly focusing on how and why he died. May realizes that even though she's going one on like 20 with the Avengers right now, she's able to turn on autopilot and have a little fun in the fighting for the first time in months. Too bad the brainwashed are starting to coordinate their efforts. Thankfully, May's backup comes just in time. Lady Hawk, you see with no plural or twin involved in her name. <laughs> uh, Raptor, Green Goblin, Kane, Dark Devil, and Buzz are there to help May out. Lady Hawk cracks a joke and Dark Devil gives orders to the team. Sadly, all this really does is piss Hope off to the point she now wants Cassie to kill her father. 
something that Maine knows Cassie will never be able to forgive herself for. So Maine does what she can do and acts on instinct and grabs Scott to get him away from Cassie's blasts. May stuffs Scott in a storage unit despite his protests and goes to try to snap Cassie out of Enthrala's control. She calls out to the warriors to not look into Enthrala's eyes, which Buzz is really confused because who's Enthrala? And Kane quips that he does wish Buzz would read the dossiers he gives him. Too bad Enthrala was able to get Kane, Raptor, Ladyhawk, and the Buzz really easily. But May does have Dark Devil, and that might be the only person she needs here. May's gears start spinning. She gets to Dark Devil and tells him about how Enthrala claims to revel in darkness, but May, know, May doubts she's ever dealt with someone who's part demon before. How does May know that? So she mm-hmm. asks her cuz to let Enthrala zap him. They have no better ideas, so Dee Dee does, does do it. Dark Devil does his ass, and well, wouldn't you know it, it worked. <laughs> Even he was shocked. A little bit. Because <laughs> he wrote, huh? Uh, Enthrala gets a little overtaken by Riley's darkness and crumples to the floor. Hope realizes she needs to get out of there before the Avengers wake up and r- runs in and she literally runs straight into a hand that was already out to tell her to stop. That's kind of embarrassing. Uh, Bunker Ben is in his suit. He was the hand uh, late to the game and wanted to help. I'm going to guess no one gave him directions and Phil, for some reason, didn't want him to come along with the warriors. I don't know what that story is. There's a story <laughs> there. Uh, but May explains to Bunker Ben that she's never been a lone wolf. And thanks to her friends, she was able to save the Avengers and spare Cassie from losing her father. It feels good to save the day. For the first time in months, May actually feels good. She thinks on what Scott said to Hope, that dwelling on her dad's death is just going to make herself a danger to herself and others. And she'd rather be defined by how her dad lived and what he believed over the trauma of his loss. May learned that there are other spider people and that there's this whole multiverse. But May is the only one that she knows that was raised by a happy and loving Peter Parker. And that makes May unique and very special. She loves her dad and always will, for she's made a Parker, the daughter of Spider-Man. The end for now. In a snazzy new suit that will not last very long. <laughs> we have to talk about the suit. I mean, we do, We should acknowledge that, that okay. there was a redesigned suit. Yes, I mean, there was. There was. So oh, it's. Yeah, well, we'll yeah. we'll get into it in our reviews. <laughs> so, um, firstly, hi Ron. Uh, I saw you in the comments. Hi. So, yes. hello, hello to Ron. Um, he expressed disappointment when the, and it came to how this was collected because this was released in a trade. Pa- I mean, Wayland's also disappointed if you hear him uh, whining in the background. Uh, as this was also published not only in individual issues, but they did publish it as a trade paperback. Um, he had hoped that they would have collected this all as one story because it's kind of meant to be read as one big story, like how we did it. But that's not how it's that's not how it's collected either here on Unlimited or um, the trade paperback itself. So, um, but yeah, uh, and I share that I share that particular thought process. It really doesn't flow well. When you read, because you got to read through this main story that, frankly, you don't care about. <laughs> At least for me, as a, as an MC2 fan, you're forced to buy this mini series of stuff that's largely things I didn't care about to read the story that I actually did care about. And considering this is the final time 
we see Tom and Ron, at least for now, right? Spider-Girl, it's that part of it kind of feels a little disappointing because I'm going to be honest. I would have read the the crap out of a full five issues of MC2. Like I, I would have loved to have seen it, you know, been the whole book and not just relegated to this backup. But it was great to see the rest of the world reflect reacting to the death of Peter and how the story is that reflection of hope in May's life. And I'm glad as hell to see a redesign of the costume because it really felt weird her wearing her daddy's suit. <laughs> it just really felt weird. Um, no one, in my opinion, in the fandom that existed prior to Spider-Verse wanted this change. No one asked her to be Spider-Woman, and Tom felt a certain way, and Ron both felt a certain way about the name Spider-Woman. Jessica's been the only one who has had it has had any staying power with, especially since Bendis' love affair with her made her relevant in the eyes of many people in the in, in the 21st century. Her her attachment to the spider office is always still baffling to me, and it's always felt forced, but I have always felt that she should be attached more to the Avengers and not to the spider office. Regardless of that, um, that's just a mere aside. The desire by members of Marvel's editorial department to, to make Mayday into Spider-Woman was finally complete, as we've referenced before. Uh, if you go back and listen to that interview that we've talked about a couple of different times, um, the original plan was for Mayday to become Spider-Woman as far back as issue 75 of the first volume. So never underestimate the willpower of Marvel editorial. <laughs> so... From a structural standpoint, I feel like that Tom and Ron made chicken salad out of chicken. They were allowed to show the impact of the death upon Mayday and how an event would impact her. The problem I have is with it is simple. Mayday's story has never required such a tragic outcome. What made her unique was really simple. Mayday's story is different from Peter's story in that someone dies so Peter can be a hero. May's story is that someone lives so she can be a hero. And that's a very big difference. And that I feel was lost overall with this event and with the previous event and this reaction. And there's a couple of the things I liked. I liked that Mayday revealing her identity to Stinger that felt right to me. And I really, really liked that. Uh, I also liked how the rest of the world was trying to adjust um, and how Tom and Ron were force feeding the name just to show how forced it was to begin with. But I have one gripe. Dark Devil was called Cuz here, and I'm upset we never got yes, that okay. story. Technically, technically, it, it was C-O-Z, so it's just cause. So not necessarily Cuz. I will die on this hill, though. <laughs> I appreciate I the No, no, no. Like, there's definitely, in the months, in this month gap, there are definitely stories that we would like to have been told that we have never yeah. gotten the chance uh, I think that that's pretty clear, but also welcome to 2015. <laughs> like, uh, also, all downhill uh, from here. <laughs> I appreciate the thought and the sentiment, but this type of thing would have, I felt would have been beneficial to longtime fans. And I think you could have put that in with the additional pages if they had allowed this to be its own miniseries to stand on its own. Uh, I yeah. think you could have had that. That it, it's just like a scene or something. Uh, I did pull this gem of a background bit that was snuck in and that no one caught. And considering that uh, Tom and Ron kind of have done these things in the past, uh, like an ongoing bit about a former editor named Owsley, I chuckled at this. 
if you're watching us on, if you're not listening, if you're listening to us on the audio edition, you're not watching us on YouTube. I pulled up, it's got the spider shop and it's got a guy that says the world is a lie on a, like a, like a sandwich board. (laughs) I just, as soon as I saw it, I was like, Oh, I see what you did there, Ron. Um, (laughs) It's just a nickname, Zach, if you want it to be, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be just a nickname. I know. But um, it is. We've, yeah. ta- we've talked about this before. I know. <laughs> I know. It just brought all those feelings back. I know. I know. <laughs> Believe so, me. I like, I want a whole, there's a whole lot of stories I would like to see with a yeah, spider I, girl. But I, you I know, I'm happy was... with what we got, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very um, glad we have what we have. So, and I know Tevia kind of was asking questions in in the, in the series, and Ron answered it in the in the in the comments. But in Ron's own words, I think this is the clip. What did I say? Other writers? No, outside events. You know, so we, we did give a lot of thought to the structure of it. I mean, it it did you know it did feel disjointed because it was done as chapter. I was a little sorry to see when they reprinted the Spider Island trade paperback that they didn't take the backups and put them all together in the back of the trade paperback that felt very wrong to me because it is meant to be read as a unit, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, but, uh, that, that's my little, uh, but anyway, uh, I thought it was a solid story for what we had to work with. And, uh, no, I, I, so there you go. Was that, was that the right clip that I play the right one? Cause I can't, for some reason I can't hear it. On, yes, on my yeah. Headphones. Yeah. That, it was the right one. It was the right okay. one. Yeah. You, did good. you didn't mess up. I would have told you otherwise I stayed quiet. <laughs> that's deacon with the sign yeah. he senses that doom world is not real oh okay <laughs> that's okay okay that's i understand now. i mean it so was deacon yeah okay i didn't realize that was deacon with the sign yeah that's deacon um, um anyway <laughs> i think that's the doom last world. time we actually see that we see deacon and we see his comic shop actually i know which... the next the next comic shop we see in a spider girl thing it's mcduffie's which I mean, it's fine, but not Deacon. It's not Deacon. Anyway. Deacon's Den. I like Deacon's Den is an institution in the MC two. So. Yes. So anyway. Uh, all right. Apparently, Tevia didn't know that was Deacon. So. Okay. Well, there you go. Oh, cool. Um. Yeah. So I guess on my thing, this story is kind of hard to handle. Uh. And while I think it's actually handled very beautifully, uh, this should have been its own one shot. It should have been its own thing. Uh, mm-hmm. To put kind of the way that the way it was split up was kind of insane. Um, and it does also feel like emotional whiplash if you read it issue by issue because it's such, they're such different and separate stories in Spider Island. Um, it's crazy. But to focus on just the Spider Girl story here, this is how you handle grief and trauma in a way that doesn't entirely break down the world and the characters we know you know, this is May. Sure, her eyes are brown, not blue, uh, but this is our 982 May as we know Mm -hmm. her. And she's in a lot of pain, uh, but she's choosing to deal with her pain in the way that she knows how, uh, which is, you know, trying to find a way to the light and leaning on her friends, embracing her world. May isn't meant for multiverse shenanigans, as we will soon figure out, even though they keep doing this to her. Uh, She's meant to be in her own book, leading her own story. Uh, I love Cassie and Scott being in here and how much May is willing to trust and lean on Cassie and how Cassie takes takes that on. Um, it feels like 
Cassie knew this was very important if May was willing to give her name to her and talk to her about all of this. And it's kind of that big sister friendship that I really appreciate from this world's Cassie. May obviously sees a lot of herself in Cassie in a kinship kind of way. And I just think that the whole thing is very sweet. Obviously, I love Normie and Phil's scenes. I'm glad that they're here. Um, I'm glad most people got a cameo or a moment. Uh, it really felt like a check-in with the world, but also from us kind of rereading everything the way that we have, none of these cameos actually feel off. Like they don't feel shoehorned in. Um, so it doesn't really read like a special episode, a special issue. Uh, it's very easy and understandable. And we have the voice we needed after everything May and that we as fans and readers went through with her and the loss of Peter. Um, I wrote, I'm not commenting on the suit. Uh, I, I absolutely hate the first suit, most definitely her wearing her father's suit. It just looks wrong. Um, and even the redesign at the end, I'm sorry, Ron, um, it, it's just not Mayday to me. Uh, it's not her suit. It doesn't match her. It just feels all sorts of wrong. Uh, so sorry. I, 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 I like that. <laughs> like, I feel bad about saying it, but like, I really, I, it's a lot better. The suit at the end is a lot better, but yes. it's, yeah. it's not, it's not made of me. And it, that's kind of where I, it feels wrong. It just feels yeah. completely wrong. And I mean, it does, doesn't even last through all of the web warriors. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, really... the, only other, the only other person that drew it was Baldion, um, which we'll talk about next yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more we can say and dissect um, from this mini, but it's, you know, ultimately this is a very clear and cut and dry story. I love that we got this. It feels very cathartic after the the events of Spider-Verse, and I'm glad we got this story, but I also hate that it just exists and even was needed at the time, because uh, I really hate Spider-Verse, and that's kind of the end of my review that I have to say. Obviously, we know um, I'm annoyed with uh, Bunker Ben yeah. very much. It's not going to stop. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, it, it's um it's one of those things um i i i get why you don't like the suit and and i i i think even ron was like i, I think he did it so that way she's not I, I think that tom and ron with this story this story was very reflective on how the fans felt and i i do got to give um a little bit of props to Nick Lowe for letting them tell their story here because this I think was a a, a, a slight love letter to the fans where they're like okay we're, we, we can finally dig into how would this how would a, an event such as this how would our Mayday really react and I, I felt like they were there was constraints that were placed on them with the other story and here they really got to flex their muscles um, so you know, uh, but <laughs> the, uh, oh, okay. So Ron says, believe me, Kelly, I'm glad they went back to May's original outfit at the time. They said it would not happen. So I do appreciate that at least he had a hand in this redesign. Oh yeah. No, that I, I appreciate. Like I said, I appreciate this issue for what it is mm -hmm. and what it's doing to get us to the, two web warriors um 
my thing is I just hate that it even like this whole situation is even happening if that makes sense like yeah, it's, it's, I'm very it's, glad we have this right I still don't necessarily like the situation we're in um and obviously yeah. clearly it's not working it doesn't work and like by the time we get to spider get in everything's almost like it's basically everyone's like okay let's finally just put the pieces back we made a mistake um, which of course i think a large part of that though was also just jody and we'll get into that when we get into spider girls <laughs> it, yeah i mean there's part, like no there's parts of spider geddon that i do enjoy however um there's parts of spider geddon that i am I, I i really don't like um, oh, no, i don't like either we'll talk about it but like i said i think in terms of mayday like it feels like it, it feels like after web warriors everyone kind of realized it the things that they were the things that they did to i guess try to bring her in mm -hmm. weren't working like it, 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 we'll, the, we'll talk like i said it's, it's such a like, weird situation we'll talk about it as we go through it because it's like mm -hmm. this is kind of that transitional point of us going this isn't necessarily like you know what i mean like it's yeah, I mean, we've covered anymore. We've covered now, uh, you know, a hundred and sixty some odd issues of story, and m the vast majority of that has been Tom and Ron, you oh, know. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> there's a level of expectation that I know that I'm getting when I read a Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends book, and I know I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to find things I enjoy. I I, do, I too liked the uh, interaction with uh, with Phil. And, and uncle has been, uh, that's been my nickname for him for a long time. Uh, <laughs> uncle BB, like, come yeah, on. Yeah. Bunker Ben, it's just, uh, it's good. Uh, you know, Archie, Archie bunk, Archie Ben bunker. Um, you know, it, it, I, I know that he was shoehorned in. I'm, I'm sure he was an editorial mandate, obviously, or I they were just, me you know. I don't know. Like, I mean, well, we knew that he like at the end of spider verse was living with them. I just, I, I enjoy him. So like, I enjoy this uncle Ben trying his best mm -hmm. to integrate himself into the family. Like he very much is making a valiant effort. And I think he has good intentions. I'm just annoyed with him. And I'm annoyed with the fact that instead of like actually talking to May, he's talking to everybody else. Yeah. And I'm sure she's just shut him out. Like she doesn't really have a lot of respect for him to begin with because of the way he, he's acting well, but like well, the whole thing though is it's yeah. just like dude you could sit and like actually talk to her like because too it's the way he comes off because he's just like she's taking this too seriously it's like are you are you mental like we're on friends i i i love pat but i love you more so oh I mean, he did he did almost call you ravishing ron friends i you know i mean it happened it, it almost did happen so uh, uh but i i feel like that um it also was good for the for for him to the dogs hear somebody outside the joys of living in an apartment complex anyway um so like i say the uh it felt really a lot of fun for for him to kind of 
start to realize, oh, there's more to this to this world than than he he was than he had. Like his whole backstory is well, just. Kind well, of I weird. mean, what what world did he come from? He was the last living human, living in a bunker. Yeah, he he was living in a bunker because you know Ezekiel came and his said pe- his people like his people skills suck. Yeah, yeah, he, which he is has not no communication ben. skills. That's not that's not how Uncle Ben has ever been portrayed before. And that's okay, what makes fairness, it so great. I will say this. In fairness, after us dealing with COVID and we're living in a post-COVID world, I kind of do understand him losing that lack of ability to have a conversation. No, that's true. Because we deal with that every day. <laughs> that is true. I mean, there's still people that are hunkered down. And and I get it. Like, I do. It, it's 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 oddly it was oddly prophetic um in that when you bring it bring it that that way uh, it kind of is actually it really that just makes me sad like marvel stopped doing that um (laughs) but they they wanted they wanted a simpsons moment okay yeah right um i also like you and i've kind of talked about this off air but like why is phil so grumpy Okay, every everything everything post the dance. I don't get this, but I enjoy it. I enjoy this like attitude, but I I don't know where it came from. <laughs> like like I feel like he's there's so a story. he's so over it. He's so done. It's like he's kind of fed up with May a little bit, and I I just don't understand where it's coming from. Now to be fair, but it's, this- it's funny. I mean, he's yeah. still there. He's still gonna be there for her. It's just kind of, it's just kind of funny. I don't now, know. I, I I'll also say this. He is also probably in mourning and in grief because he oh, lost yeah. his no brother. totally. Uh so to be fair, uh and I, I'm sure that's Very what they much. were thinking about whenever he uh Yeah, I think it, it's just when you pair it though, like with the dance. <laughs> he was grumpy there too. <laughs> he was. That's what I'm saying. So, like it's just yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, Tom and I discussed, so Ron in the chat says, Tom and I discussed some ideas for Bunker Ben that would have been addressed as dark backstory, but then we heard they killed him off, so okay. Yeah, they killed him off, and we'll talk about that because that's also another point of my uh, anger with Web Warriors is how that happened because it's very anticlimactic. yeah. I, I, yeah. I think I think people I think certain people heard the reactions to Uncle Ben because like I think the the expectation I think when they originally wrote it as an idea because there's a difference between idea just throwing ideas onto the page and crafting a story uh, right Ron um, that's a reference to that old uh, that old episode where they talk about yes. that but like yes. uh, sometimes not every idea needs to hit hit the page. And sometimes the ideas need to be fleshed out more. And sometimes that works. See Silk with, with Robbie Thompson. Uh, see Kane as Scarlet Spider with Chris Yost. I mean, sometimes those stories can be can be fleshed out uh, in this particular era of how they're doing things. But it just felt like pointless. And I think a lot of people were kind of offended that an Uncle Ben would just curl up into a ball and give up. Because again, if you go through and you've read a lot of Spider-Man stories that involve Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben was 
very much of that era of the, you know, depression, post-depression baby boomer era, you know, the way he was written in that he, he, you know, he grew up and he, 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 he had a sense of determination that may also like aunt may also has that was instilled in Peter. And, and it just felt very antithetical to how he had ever been portrayed here. Yes. So I agree with that, but I also think, so we're in a multiverse situation. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a choice. Everyone has a decision. He made one choice. And this yes. is how things derailed based off that one choice. I mean, it's, it's like the butterfly effect, it, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, because like, that's the where that's he... coming from. That's why it's like, I'm not mad at this character. The issue that I have is, like I said, because he is this Ben mm-hmm. and he's only been in this world a few months. <laughs> yeah. I get very angry at his um, feeling of ownership towards the towards May, towards the family. And I'm not saying that like he's like trying to actually control her. It's just the he feels like he belongs there and it's like kind of you get that feeling that he doesn't. We'll see it more in Web Warriors, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I also will say this too. I, I like the concept of we're seeing an uncle Ben that gets to be a grandfather. Like I like that as an idea, but again, it's just an idea. It's not a story. <laughs> and it's just, it, that's what I, I get frustrated is when it, when there's a good idea that's half baked uh, and that's not a clone joke. So for those that want to make that joke, it's not a clone joke, but um, Josh, you can drink. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you can drink. Take it. Take a shot. Winnipeg Webhead, you can drink. I promise. You can take a shot on that one. That's, um, that's a good drink. That's a good one. All right. But because if but, anybody doesn't know, he's he's made a drinking game to for, just about uh, every 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 like Spider-Man podcast personality. Yeah, I mean, considering my my ties to crawl space, and obviously here on Spidey Dude Network, like he's a big you know he's he's a big fan, a big part of it. Um, and so he's made this drinking game, and so. Every time I, I mention why he wants spider. to kill himself, I don't know. Listen, I mean, liver. Uh, yeah, I mean, livers are not cheap, uh, apparently, on the black market. So um, no, no, they're not. Um, <laughs> and we are definitely getting derailed. We already got derailed with the Uncle Ben discussion, no, but I do I, think I it's do, a good discussion. Yes, um, I don't remember if we've uh, like. I'm gonna I'm gonna put put something in the chat, Kelly. Okay. Um, that. Sure. Uh, so you took we've... my power away from me and I can't do that. I know. Um, it's but... like I'm also not in the special cool group <laughs> chat because I don't have an iPhone. I'm sorry, Kelly. She's she, she's she's the Android person and I am an I am an Android Apple su- supremacy. Android <laughs> supremacy. I'm an Apple sheep, and now that I have the computer too, it's also I can reply in with my computer. Yeah. But um, uh, you have a drinking game too, Vinkman. I forgot about your drinking game, so my bad. Um, I do have this. Uh, I, I did look up to see if we had any reviews, and we do have one on Apple. Well, I thought. Wait, I thought Vinkman's drinking game was for water. Yes, make mis- it's a game. hydration game. That's his was a hydration game. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway. 
so I don't remember if we, because you asked if we had any. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't see any reviews. emails. So do we have reviews? Do we have? I don't remember voicemails? if we covered this. I, uh, we don't have any voicemails, but I don't remember if we covered this review. Uh, it's from let's 2022. It. So let's just, yeah, let's go ahead and read it. It's a five-star review that, that was left. Um, we have nine ratings on Apple. Um, we have one three-star review. All the rest are five-star, except for, I think, one one-star review, which... Okay. Uh, What's that? I don't know. So <laughs> they... if you have not left us a rating on Apple, uh, go on Apple uh, Podcasts and leave us a review review and a five-star rating. That would be great. Um, make my mayday make, makes my dad is, this, is the headline. <laughs> what? I think makes my day. I think it was supposed to be makes my day, but it makes it, it, makes it, my day. it, it out of correction. It makes my dad. Um, Zach and Kelly bring the magic of Mayday to life, whether in Spider-Girl or Amazing Spider-Girl. Nothing beats the good-natured laughs and knowledge they both bring to the show and leave listeners like me wishing the long podcasts were even longer. Keep it up. Left by Crazed. So thank you. Um, oh, thank you. To him for leaving us that wonderful review. Yes, um, that is a very nice review. That was a very, very kind it. review. So, um, yeah. It's a... Um, we knew this was going to be a short episode and I kind of figured we would go about an hour. Uh, so thanks to our uncle has been discussion. It kind of stretched us out a little longer than we expected. It did. I was like, uh, let's see, let's see how we somehow make this two hours. Uh, but I'm very glad it's short. Um, Cause it, there's only so much you can do on this. And mm -hmm. I think we did a really decent deep, deep dive. I think the only thing we could, possibly speculate would be like what happened in those few months but let's now, there is one that thing would, that would take us an hour yeah there is one thing about this story that um i know ron will want me to mention okay yes this there is a clear symmetry between hope and mayday and it shows yes, you and i didn't bring that up and i should have yes um i just well i just thought about it so there's a very clear symmetry to how would you react to losing a parent and you could either go hope's route where she's just in this bloodthirsty vengeance thing right and which we kind of got... which is how may was being written to a certain extent in spider-verse yeah and i think this was also a, a a big critique of 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 dan's story and you have mayday who went through that but she's trying to press forward. And whereas with hope, she's just reveling in that and she's just diving into that and, and not allowing herself to see any of the positives. And well, it, yeah, well, I mean, the thing is like hope has been this way and yeah. I'm not saying that that makes it worse or better. Hope has been this way. This hope has been cons consumed by revenge. Yes. For so long. And that's kind of why like she is kind of this great foil for the story here mm -hmm. because may is waffling on that path a little bit. Like she, that's why she was talking to Cassie because she's angry. I mean, and that's yes. the darkness. That's the, that unresolved anger, that rage, that is what Enthrala saw. And I think to a certain extent, probably also saw in Riley, but you know, Riley also just as a demon, inside of him so that's there's that uh <laughs> enthralling like like i mean we, i threw it up on the screen for those that are not watching us but like the 
she's like she's like super excited for the first two panels and riley's just like looking at her like you don't know what you're getting yourself into no <laughs> that's just really funny i just like when she crumples he goes huh huh like, huh cool i, I guess it's a lot right. for somebody didn't to think handle that was gonna well, it's like I, he's like I didn't think that was gonna work. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, like I said, it's she, May is dealing with a lot. I mean, this is a part of grief. She's dealing with that anger. Like when someone's murdered and or you know taken from you, essentially, yes. like that. You know, when a life is taken away from you, away from a family, so suddenly like that, like just there is no. You know, you don't have any thing to reason with and it can leave you unjustifiably angry or justifiably angry really yeah yeah but you know that's the thing is like how do you move forward in that tragedy in that trauma and that's yeah. kind of what this is situating on because you have essentially you know we know may we know who she is like without hesitation she was not going to let somebody else ever deal with what she's going through which makes yes. her 10 times better than hope ever was because hope is kind of like everybody deals with it because i'm in pain everyone's in pain may doesn't want to do that yeah. and so we know where she is but it's that's why she's the perfect foil because here's the two sides of the same coin that's one reason why like when i did my breakdowns i tried to make sure i wasn't you know i tried to make sure that hope's justification for what she's doing was understood yeah you know because this is her revenge in her mind yeah and it sometimes it, you just kind of have to essentially all it's saying is i mean like there's just you have to realize how would how would the person who was uh you know the person deceased how would they want you to live your life Oh yeah. Cuz I don't I, think, you know, they they wouldn't want you to be consumed like that. No, no. I mean, look, it, it, it's it's something that you know is I can speak for myself. I mean, it's something that I I've, I've even confronted in my in my own life. Uh, you know, losing my twin was a very traumatic a, event for me. And it's taken me a long time to get through that. But I, you know, one of the things that my mom always told me was like she wouldn't want you to to just revel in the in the grief. She would want you to go do something with yourself. And, you know, um, then I became a dad and, and, and then my whole life changed and everything was fine. But uh, it's a when you when you experience such a it was such a senseless thing from a standpoint of it was sh pure shock value. And I feel like that at least here, Tom and Ron got to sit there and, and put their stamp on it and say, look, you know, we've created this very realistic world. And the things that are being done to this world are very unrealistic. And we want to try to bring it back to that and kind of give that, that bit of closure to the, to the, to the, the fandom. I mean, this was, a, this was a, a sort of quasi um, letter to the fandom. And I feel like it was also a bit of a reaction to <laughs> look what you've done to our, look at my baby. <laughs> You know, like the whole thing in the, uh, in the Godfather, but you know, like, um, I mean, it's the thing is, is that, you know, Marvel owns the character. Marvel can right. choose to do what they want to do. That's unfortunately, true. Uh, as we will see, 
Um, and I, I also like your. I, yeah. We have to bring this up because you use this in the advertising of this episode. But uh, you know the, uh, <laughs> the tagline that you put in this. Okay, look. If you don't read this issue and don't immediately think of this song, I I can't. I mean, obviously I'm insane, but like you know, I can't help you. Like, because the joke <laughs> the joke is too good. It's too good. She is not a girl and not yet a woman. No woman. Uh, no. AKA Britney Spears' uh, second album. Was it the second album? I think it was the second album. Third. Was it third? Okay. I, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, your team, like, listen, I, you're a Britney Spears fan. I, I'm just somebody that listened to her stuff when I was younger, and I'm not like a huge super fan. I find some of her stuff great. So I, I um, wouldn't call myself a super fan. I just, you know, want her to be like free and happy and able to do whatever the heck she wants, like any other adult. Tevia, the only people that wanted this for Mayday were the editorial department. Anyway, moving on. So what's going on next episode? <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I guess that, yeah, sure. Um, Sorry. I, I, I just wanted it to... Was, it was out of left field. I was just like, what? Anyway. Anyway. Uh, next episode, we're going to go into Web Warriors. Uh, we really only have about 20 more issues left of Mayday's story so far. Uh, and that means... It's time for web warriors. Boo. So next time we record, we're going over web warriors part one. We've got about 10 ish issues with May appearing. I am going to double check that. Um, but basically we're going to split this up. Um, so issues one through five, AKA one through six, because uh, there's one issue in the beginning Mayday does not appear in um, are all based like we're all going to talk about May's story within Web Warriors um, mm -hmm. next next episode. So woohoo! And uh, do we want to read our stupid notes? <laughs> we were talking to each other and where you were like, "I think in issue five they're going to kill her off," and I was like, yeah, no, that's "Why it makes the most sense to cut off there?" <laughs> so I, I, uh, yeah, I know. But anyway, I, just, I was we're so gonna mad. split. We're gonna split it in half. It's really heard, stupid. Y'all heard Kelly rants tonight about about has been. I'm gonna rant about this whole disingenuous oh. BS that I they. I mean, didn't I hope everybody. I hope everybody buys the greasiest, messiest thing from Taco Bell possible the next time we record and come back and listen to us because I definitely will. Just out <laughs> of like uh, defiance of that damn scene with Gwen and May where May May is shaming Gwen on her choice of food at a Taco Bell essentially I mean yeah I have that. a lot of problems with it like just I have a lot of problems and we'll we'll talk out of context <laughs> I have a lot of problems with all of Web Warriors but I have a particular problem with that scene that scene and, and there's y'all are going to hear it yeah yeah there's it's gonna be fun. You're going Let's to just just buckle up, Buttercup. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun here. Um, and then in the next one, you'll get a rant because uh, Mike Mike Acosta made her make a bunch of sandwiches in the kitchen for hours during the height of the "Go make me a sandwich" joke. Yeah, yeah, we're y'all get ready because I do not like Web Warriors whatsoever. You're gonna find out why. So find out <laughs> why by tuning in next time here on Make My uh, Yeah. 
Uh, all right. So anyway, so, but yeah, we're we're gonna do that. So I'm gonna let you go ahead and do the outro. We will see you guys next time. Yep. So and like I said, have, bring the Taco Bell. Bring the bring Taco, the Taco Bell, Bell. Bring your bring order Taco Bell. Have it delivered, or and or go drive and get it. So if you haven't followed us on Facebook on our social medias uh, at Spidey Dude Network, Twitter is at Spidey Dude Radio and at Make My Mayday. I refuse to call it X. Uh, if you have not followed us on YouTube, you're listening to the audio edition, find us on YouTube and, and subscribe. Give us that like, that share. And if you're listening to this on the audio edition, give us more five-star reviews so we can uh, have those ratings. Find us also on Instagram at Spidey Network and at McDaniel28. And then, of course, you can leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631 if you want your voice to be heard on the show. We'll play a clip on the show. If you want to leave us an email, leave us an email over at makemymayday at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing. I really appreciate everybody that's uh, that's done that. And of course, we got to thank our patrons while we get out of here. So thank you to our patrons, such as I'm not going to do the uh, the rap, as uh, as Neil said, but uh, no, Adam, do the rap. OK, uh, Adam, Allison, Cindy, Ed, Georgia, Greg, Janelle, Jessica, Jurgen, Catherine, Kale, Kegar, Laura, Howard, Lump Moose, Master Dramon, Phoenician, Scott, Vanessa, and Vicky, as well as Scott McGraw, Sebastian Vinkman, and Winnipeg Webhead. Thank you guys for your support over on patreon.com slash Network, where you get all uh, some exclusive goodies like Books of X and Voices from the Eerie. Of course, uh, that's patreon.com slash Network. Thank you guys for your support. And we will see you next time here on the Spidey Dude Radio Network.